Assalamu alaikum. My name is Hiba Rashid and you are listening to the Sister Sohba podcast from Leeds UK. There are currently two sessions on our website, the Sister Circle every Friday and the Children's Storytime every Sunday. To find out more and to book onto the sessions, please visit www.sisters-sohba.com. You are also encouraged to become a weekly or monthly sustainer and benefit from Sadqa Jaria by supporting our efforts and donating on our donate page. Your donations help with running costs and enable us to host these sessions for longer. So please give generously. We thank you for your support, for your generosity, and for being a great part of our journey. Jazakallahu khair wa assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Rabbi shahli sadri wa yasirli amri wa hlulukta min lisani yafkahu kawli. Ameen ya rabbi once again, Jazakallah Khair for everybody for coming um, week after week. Um, I've said it time and time and time again, but truly you are one of my most dear um, classes, um, this, you know, the platform in a week that I truly look forward to. Um, more than what I teach, I think it, I find healing from my own heart in these sessions. So Jazakallah Khair for me, giving me this space to come and learn about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and the name that we're going to do today is Al-Wali. He's the one who has your back. Um, in life, you have different categories of friends. Um, you know, some they're just fun to hang out with. Some people you like to see when, you know, you're in certain places. So, for example, you're not particularly friends, but if you are at a certain type of gathering, then they're the kind of people you will divert towards. You know, that's your masjid friend. This is your party friend. Um, you've got work friends. You've got school friends and so on. Um, and in those different circles and in those different identifications of what kind of friend they are, you then determine how much would you like to depend or rely on these friends. There's some friends that, you know, you feel you can truly rely on um, and rely on in what sense? Financially, emotionally. And then there are the rare ones that you can rely on spiritually. People that will remind you of your iman, people that will boost the, you um, at the times when you are at your lowest, when your soul feels weak. Um, so again, without consciously doing it, we do categorize all those people that we call friends into different levels and then different types of relationships and how much we would like to actually associate ourselves with them. Um, and then amongst these, there are friends, you know, some that are good for giving advice, some that are good for just talking, some that are just good uh, to have fun with and so on. But from all of these, you hopefully would have one friend that truly has your back. The friend that you would call out to, you know, help you from bad situations, um, call in the darkest of times and they're they're not only just there for you but they're there in a way that's very protective 
that they will be there for you in every sense of the word of being there. I'll be there to listen. I'll be there to understand. I will not judge. It doesn't matter what you've done. Um, you know, I'll be very, very protective. Now, I make the uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us true and sincere friendship because friendship is very, very, very important. In our deen, our Islam, it teaches us um, the importance of suhbah, of companionship. And the Sahaba relied on it heavily, especially when they made the migration from Mecca to Medina um, and between the Muhajir. Um, which was the people of Mecca that went to Medina and the Ansar, uh, the people of Medina that were living um, there at the time, who opened their hearts and their houses to the people of Mecca. Um, and they found deep, deep friendship within, them, uh, within each other. Um, and this friendship was so, so dear, subhanAllah, may Allah have mercy upon them all, that it exceeded the relationship of blood the people of Mecca that had left Mecca some of them had left families upon embracing Islam they had to go against families that weren't just you know someone not in the fold of Islam which is one state and we make to add that anybody that is outside the fold of Islam may Allah grant them hidayah may Allah bring them to Islam may Allah enlighten their heart and shine the nur of Islam upon them and we always have hope for them because a title doesn't change anything. What changes us is Iman that lies deep within our heart. So just because someone doesn't declare something doesn't mean that Iman doesn't exist. Similarly, someone may be called Muslim, but it doesn't mean that they have Iman. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect all of us from that lack of Iman and from being lost. Ya Allah, guide us to Surat al-Mustaqeem, all of us. Those that already call themselves Muslim, truly allow us to be Muslims. Those that he is pleased with and those that are outside the fold, may Allah bring them all to Islam. But in the case of the Muhajir, they were not just in a position where, you know, their family members weren't accepting of Islam. They were outright enemies of Islam. And there came a time when they had to fight these people in battle. And at that time, it was the Ansar, the people that should have been friends, but they were closer to them than family. The Mahajir and the Ansar together were so deeply rooted within one another, they could do anything to support each other. And they did through thick and thin because that was the kind of friendship they had. With even the Prophet ﷺ, you'd think you know, if nobody, if somebody was above the need of friendship, it should have been him. But even he, alhamdulillah, he sought strength and comfort from having companions. Companions like the like of Abu Bakr, um, as Siddiq, anha. May Allah have peace upon him, who was a true example of what friendship looked like. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be friends like those to one another. And may Allah in return then grant us friendships like that. Um, but no matter how good a friend you may get, they can try their absolute best. But reality will always remain that they too are human. 
they too are subject to being weak, to being tested, to face trials. So as much as I may want to help my friend, there may be a day where I just feel too weak. I feel too incapable of actually listening or being somewhere because I'm tied. My circumstances are limited. I may want to do things that would benefit someone, but I just don't know how. I don't know how to bring healing. Yeah, I can talk to somebody. I can be there for someone. I can smile and encourage. But the truth will always be that there is only so much I can do. Because as a human, my resources are only so much. And then ultimately, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then gives me the answer to this exact problem. This is in surah number 42, which is a shura, the consultation. And we're looking at ayah number 28. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the surah tells us It is he who sends relief through rain after they have lost hope and spreads his mercy far and wide. He is the protector. Worthy of all praise. Um, in another translation, this last part, and he is the protector, it's also translated, and rightly so, as he is a protective friend, Al-Wali, the praiseworthy. And when you look at into the root of this word, well, we can't we can't help but feel close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, so al-wali comes from three a three-letter word, wa lam ya. And the root of the word means to be very, very close. And close in a way that there is no barrier, that nothing stands in between at all. For example, if a person was sitting somewhere, so you sat on a bench outside in the park, and this person sat right next to them. Um, so, for example, if I'm out and about and my child is sat right beside me, um, you know, almost touching, um, and there's no separation by anything else, this is the one yalihi or the wali. So you're so, so, so close. No thing that can come between you. in any sense of the word of space for distances. There's no distance in friendship. There's no distance in defense, in being a guardian, in loving and protecting. Um, and this all encompassing definition of friendship, it's very important because 
when we think about, you know, when you translate al-wali to, oh, your protective friend, you just think about one aspect. But it's not just a friend, um, a protective friend. There's so much more to what a friend is. And if you were to take a moment and really think about, well, who is your true friend in life? I mean, beyond the sense of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you just think about, well, what do I consider a friend? A friend is someone that I would possibly, if I were to say my side, um, you know, somebody I could turn and just speak to. When my days are hard, I can call them and just have a chat and just let out the pain in my heart. When I'm angry, I can just go and vent. Um, and they'll understand and they won't judge me and they'll allow me to just, you know, take out some steam before they give me some good input, some advice. A friend should be someone who should be able to guide me. Um, a friend would understand when I'm not there all the time because I'm finding it hard. I can't cope. It's difficult. A friend is someone who will understand exactly why I'm so happy on such a small little action, which means nothing to nobody else. But, you know, that one smile somebody passed to me and I can't get over it all day long. My friend will understand. My friend knows what I've gone through and what this little action meant to me. My friend loves me because they know who I am. They don't care about what my father's profession is or what my mother cooks at home or how she keeps her house and what postcode we live in my friend loves him because I'm me whatever me means my friend cares about me my friend is invested in me and in this dunya you will get friends that will try to do a number of things that I've just stated but perhaps there might not ever be someone who could truly, completely, sincerely, without any reservation, love you, care for you, and be there for you every single moment of your life. Except Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has never judged you. He has always thought of you as being capable as being better, as being more worthy than what you possibly think you are. He's your true wali. And he's so protective, nobody dare stand up against you. Because if they do, if they so much as allow you to prick your finger on a thorn, Allah's got you. He's written that like as a good deed on your and imagine this in your head it's literally like your friend standing there saying hey you heard my friend you know what friend here i've got something good for you you take this and leave this one to me i'll sort them out and that's what allah does day after day after day after day just because he's not doing in that very moment and not that he's not doing it, but just because you can't see something immediately happening from the heavens, it doesn't mean Allah's not done it. 
every single pain someone's caused to your heart, Allah's already written something for them and for you. And he keeps writing good for you again and again and again and again. Because he's your friend. He's your true wali. And he truly loves you. His friendship for you is so deep, is so encompassing. It, it completely consumes the idea of friendship that he will not allow anything but good to come to you. So even when you sin, when another friend, if they knew what you'd done, they may turn away. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the angels that are meant to write every single deed that you've possibly done. Hold on. Hold on. I've got faith. You might change. Hold on. Don't write it yet. Wait for a few hours. Give her a chance. She'll change. And if she changes, if she repents from what she's just done, write it as if she did good. That's my friend. That's the kind of friendship he gives you. That's the way he is in our lives. A true wali. A true, true, true friend. But a friend that we take for granted too often. A friend that we don't recognize on a day-to-day basis. We turn to him when things are bad, but not even to seek for him, but to question and argue, Allah, why? Why did you let this happen? Why did you let that happen? And we don't even think about, well, hold on. That's your friend. He wouldn't let things happen if he knew, if he wasn't so sure that this is how it was meant to be. He knows everything. And he's your friend. He cares for you more than anyone ever has. And he cares for you all the time. Have faith in him. That's your friend. If a stranger does something, you may question it. But with your friends, you do. You have hope. You understand them. And that is a crux of our problem. When we start questioning the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the main reasons we do so is because we didn't recognize that that's your friend. He's been a stranger to you all your life. He's Allah, a remote thing, um, a concept somebody's once explained to you, oh, this is Allah, the creator. But you've not ever learned who is he. What does it mean to be Allah? What is Allah meant to be in my life? What's his role? You don't know. And when you don't know, then rightly so. You will have your doubts. But once you recognize Allah for all his attributes, and Allah being al-wali, especially al-wali, that's my friend, not a friend, my friend. He cares about me. Your belief changes. Your behavior changes. I know who's got my back in life. I know who I can depend on. And if some one of them hurt me, I'll think twice. Well, what happened? Why? Why did they speak like that? Why did they behave like that? The world might look upon them and say, well, that was rude. That's a really rude person, but I know better. I know that my friend's not rude. I know my friend's not hurtful. Something must have happened. But that's because I know my friend. Do I know Allah? 
الولي so looking into this more what does it mean for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be al-wali the protective friend like I said it means that he has your back he could have just been a friend so it doesn't al-wali didn't have to be a protective friend but some friends are flaky Abu Abdullah Amr bin al-As anhu, may Allah be pleased with him said that he heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam saying openly and not secretly the pers- the family of so and so for example abu talib are not my supporters awliya my supporter wali is allah and the righteous believing people but they as in that family have kinship with whom i will maintain the ties of kinship and the Prophet ﷺ relied on this friendship very deeply, knowing that Allah is there for me. I've got a friend, I've got a wali, and he's not going to leave me to my own devices. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah, which is the second surah, um, in ayah 257, he says, Allahu waliyul ladina amanu yukhrijuhum minahum minadhulumati ilan nur. Allah is the wali of those who believe. He brings them out from darknesses into the light. And again, something that we've spoken at depth. Uh, previously, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-haq. He is the truth. From him is all truth. He never lies. And the Quran is not just words that were given to us by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Those are our hadith, things that the Prophet sallallahu said. The Quran is what Allah wrote. It's Allah's letter to me. But except Allah had so much to say to me that it's a kitab. It's a full book. It's a full book of very personal guidance, very personal um, explanations, very personal uh, messages that he has for me. And one of the messages that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to me was that he told me that he is a very close protective friend of anybody who believes. And I would like to believe that everybody that is possibly listening to this podcast or um, this live session, you believe. However strong or weak our iman is at the moment, that's irrelevant. Do you believe? Yes, I believe. I have iman. So that automatically makes him your wali. And for them, to anyone Allah is a wali, he will bring them out from the darkness into light. So it doesn't matter what trouble you're going through. You've lost something, a job, a friend, a relationship. You're angry, you're sad, you've been cheated. You've, whatever it is, whatever it is, he will bring you out. The darkness cannot remain because Allah already promised me. 
He promised me he will bring me out of the darkness into the light. That's my friend. He's my friend like no other friend. He's not going to lie to me. If I can have faith in anyone from this dunya, I must have faith in this one protective friend of mine. He loves me and he will do what is best for me. Alhamdulillah. So in terms of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that he's the wali of those who believe, um, it, he's the wali of those who believe and those who believed both. So these are the people who have entered in, into Iman, even if Iman hasn't settled into their hearts yet. So it doesn't have to mean that your Iman must be at the highest level. If you believe you're part of that circle, you're part of the ones that Allah is protective of, you don't have to be perfect. He's not the per friend of the, those that perfect their Iman. You just have to say, I believe. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. That's it. That's all you need. And based on this, Allah keeps doing this again and again and again and again. Life will take you into the dark and he will pull you out. And it will take you into the dark and he will pull you out. And that's what keeps happening only because he cares. The day we need to start being concerned is when you feel like you have no hope. You've left him for too long. Then turn back to him because he'll still be there. Always. He always has your back. And that is the general meaning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being al-wali. Now, that is part one. So this is a general meaning of what being al-wali is. However, then there is a specific one, which is the wilaya of those who are close to him. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-wali says to his prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says this in surah At-Tur, which is surah number 52 and in ayah number 48. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wasbir li hukmi rabbika fa'innaka bi'a'yunina. And be patient, O Muhammad, for the decision of your Lord. For indeed, you are in our eyes. And while we all enjoy this friendship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who can take their relationship with him sincerely and sincerely and do what they can to cultivate this relationship and be true, true slaves of the most merciful, they receive a special protection and a special friendship. So Allah is a good friend. He's the best friend to everybody. As long as you believe, he will be the good one, always. Um, so the way to understand this is, you've got a person in your life, a common friend to you know, all your friends, um, somebody perhaps you went to school with, and they're just a good person. So they will always be a good friend to no matter who it is. 
you know, people that deserve, people that don't deserve, that's fine. Um, that's just part of their character. That's just who they are. But then in return, this person finds another person who is also good, who truly cares and respects and honors the goodness of the good friend. Someone who's the good friend that in itself was good and is now being appreciated and is now being honored and is now being looked at with consideration, how much more inclined is that good friend to be even more considerate to this person that is appreciating them? Because now it's not a matter of just nature. It's not a matter of personality. It's a matter of love for one another. And that love then transgresses the basic rules of friendship. This is now becoming something very, very special. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Hadith Qudsi, and um, Hadith Qudsi as a reminder is a hadith which narrates the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the Prophet وسلم, telling us what Allah himself has said. This is not interpretation. It's not um, a way of the Prophet's life. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's own words. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in hadith Qudsi says, Whosoever acts with enmity towards a closer servant of mine, Wali, I will indeed declare war against him. Nothing endears my servant to me than doing what of what I have made obligatory upon him to do. And my servant continues to draw near to me with the super derogatory nawafil so that I shall love him. And when I love him, I shall be his hearing with which he shall hear, his sight with which he shall see, his hands with which he shall hold, and his feet with which he shall walk. And if he asks something of me, I shall surely give it to him. And if he takes refuge in me, I shall certainly run in it. Now, subhanAllah, this isn't a small thing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has just said. He has made it clear that anyone who behaves with enmity towards a close servant of his, towards a wali of Allah, a close friend, someone that Allah is protective towards, Allah will declare war against them. Now, we look at this usually in the sense of, well, if someone hurts me, Allah will do so and so. True. Absolutely true. But because we are people that are reflective and because we are people that want to become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look at it from another perspective. Think of it like this as well. You never, ever, ever want to be that person that Allah declares war upon. 
do not ever deliberately go and hurt a believer. One, that's your family. We shouldn't be doing that anyway. But two, and more importantly, you can't handle war against Allah. You're not going to make it. No one's ever going to make it. The one who created you knows exactly how to break you. Don't come. We seek refuge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to ever be in that position where we are the cause of his anger. May we always be in his mercy. May we always be the one that he looks upon with that protectiveness and that love. The ones that he protects, not the ones that he sends. And how do I then become that protective friend of his? And again, he didn't even make that one hard. He says, just do the obligatory, not the nawafil. I'm telling you, just do the basics and you become a wali. You become that. So just to become in the fold of being a wali, you have to do the bare, bare, bare minimum. Just read your fault for Salah. Just do that. You stay away from the haram, you're okay. But that's only if you want to be, you know, that friend that this great friend in your class has. They're just nice to everybody. So you'll be there and they'll be nice to you. They'll be great because they're the best. Another person I want to hang out with, definitely. When I go to Jannah, I want to be in that position where I'm with the best group. Everybody's going to be in Jannah. I make the we all make the Jannah. But I don't want to be on the lower level. Jannah is great. Don't get me wrong. You know, whatever level of Jannah you're in, it's great. But then there's those like first class right at the top with the elite. I don't have to be rich and famous to get there. I just have to be good. That's Allah's criteria. This dunya is hard. To be amongst the top people, it's hard work. And it's not even hard work. Some, too often, it's just impossible. Because it's not about effort. Effort we can put in. Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's connection. Sometimes it's just you know, filthy money. But Jenna is different. Jenna is special. Everybody has an equal chance. All you have to do is just keep getting good. That's it. And how do you even get good? It's not even about somebody else. It's about your own self. Invest in you. Self-investment. Again and again and again. Put yourself forward. You are more important than anything else. Stop letting yourself be distracted. Stop letting the world take over your heart. You matter more than anybody else. Look at your own self. Look at your own self. Look at your own self. You matter. You are more important. You are first. That's what Allah keeps telling you. And that's the mark that I keep missing. That I matter. And that I should matter more to myself than everything else and everyone else. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. Look at your own self. But that's where I fall short. I forget. I forget me. And it's because it's easy to forget me. 
Shaitan makes me so preoccupied in trying to please the entire world that he makes me forget that I am someone too. And I'm not just anyone. I'm a wali of Allah. I am Allah's dear friend. Allah cares about me. Allah looks at me when I'm completely wrecking my own self. When I'm not giving myself any time in my salah. I'm doing nothing for my own self. I'm allowing my soul to be starved. And he's looking at me. He's looking at me. And he's, the question is, why are you doing this? Do you not remember you have to come home? Your house in Jannah, your palace is already there. What are you doing? Is that the way you want to come home? Broken, shattered, looking like a mess? You belong in Jannah. A person of Jannah lives and exists in a certain way. Why are you letting Shaitan mess you up? Why are you not looking at yourself? Everything else is going to come and go. And it doesn't matter how important they seem right now. They are important. I'm not saying that nothing else matters. They do. But you matter as well. You're important. Why don't you see that? Why don't you understand that there is someone that cares about you, that Allah is there and he's looking at you with love. He's al-wadud and he loves you so much. Why don't you understand that he loves you? Why don't you let your heart feel loved? Why don't you take care of your own self? You're important. And then that's where he continues on and says that he will keep, his sermon will continue to be closer to him with the nawafil until he shall love him. And when Allah loves you, he will become everything for you. He will become everything in the manner that he will take control of everything that you're doing. He will guide you. At the same time, you will want to be the way he is because good company rubs off. When you put Allah ahead of everything else, you will look at every single task, at every single commandment as guidance, as an easy way out and out. That's your cheat sheet of life. I don't have to make these big decisions. All I have to do is turn around and ask Allah, well, what, what do you think I should do? And he'll tell me. This is right, this is wrong, this is halal, this is haram. Why is it haram? Because it's going to hurt you. Don't get into it. Don't get into debt. It'll come and make things difficult for you. Just don't do it. Don't be rude to people. Don't hurt them. You don't want it coming back to you. Just don't do it. And step by step by step, he will guide you. That's what friends do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that who, well, who exactly are the enemies of his willy? And Allah states that it's one's own lower self, so your own nafs, and shaitan. And in the Quran, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the fruit of thought is having neither fear nor grieving. If you overcome that, if you overcome your own nafs and shaitan, you will have no fear, nor will you ever grieve. Not in this world and not in the life that is to come. And then we have countless examples from the life of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu The people of Quraysh in Mecca were once planning on assassinating the Prophet sallallahu And this is the night when he made that hijrah, when he made that um, journey from Mecca to Medina. And he escaped Medina with his closest, closest friend, Abu Bakr anha. But they were being followed by his would-be assassins. And so the Prophet وسلم, and Abu Bakr anha, hid in a cave, the cave of Thor. But they were followed there too. And they were inches away from being discovered by their persecutors. And with calm, Calm. The Prophet Muhammad وسلم, turned to Abu Bakr and Abu Bakr was worried. He was worried for the sake of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, that harm is going to come to him. But the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, himself wasn't. And he said to him, Do not be sad. Allah is with us. Allah ma'ak. And they were not discovered. And a spider spun a web. A tiny little thing, especially in the UK. How many spiders do you see around your house all day long? That tiny, tiny thing that we find as a nuisance, it spun a web and it saved the Prophet of Allah and one of his best friends from assassination. Not a small thing. That's what sincere friendship does. It protects you and it guards you in ways that are impossible. And they made it securely to the city of Medina because they rely on Allah. And fair enough, that was the example of the prophet, you know, and he's a prophet of Allah. Like, okay. But then what happened to Aisha? the beloved wife of the Prophet ﷺ, mother of the believers. She was the subject of a horrible rumor that attacked her character, her morals, and so much so that she became very, very, very sick for almost a month. And she had no idea what was going on. That sickness was a protection for her. And when she was better and she was finally made aware of the rumors, she was devastated. So she hadn't even known how bad things had become because she was so sick. Her sadness on finding out lasted only three days. And she was hoping that the Prophet ﷺ would receive a vision declaring her innocence. But Allah did something more because all she did was kept turning to Allah, kept turning to Allah, kept turning to Allah. And Allah sent the verses of the Quran which were revealed in Surah An-Nur so that there could be no ambiguity about her innocence. Um, there's this hadith upon this, and I'm going to touch on it very vaguely because I don't have the exact narration upon uh, on me at the moment, but I always find it really sweet. Um, so Aisha is the daughter of Abu Bakr. And 
he said to her when you know everything was clear again and things had settled down he, he said to her well do you want to go and thank Rasulullah and now this is the daughter speaking to her father about her husband and it was and it just shows you the human side of everyone where she turned around to him and she said no I don't want to he didn't help me it was Allah so I'll thank Allah thank you um, and I found it really sweet where this, this woman was hurt and she turned to Allah and she turned to Allah and she turned to Allah and as much as she loved and you know respected Rasulullah and she's, she was his wife and she loved him very dearly but she knew well at this time actually he was my wali Allah turned and helped me so I'll thank him because he was there it didn't matter when everybody else was questioning he, Allah didn't question me he just saved me and he was there and in understanding this concept of wilaya we need to go beyond the superficial because it's not just external protection that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives it's also the internal strength and tranquility which helps us to withstand the external hardships that are gifted to us and I say gift because in these hardships in these trials there's blessing and there is an ultimate benefit the life of the Prophet ﷺ was not easy and nor was it for his companions, those that continued to strive and they continued to go on for the sake of justice and goodness and spreading the cause of Islam. But the awliya, the people that receive the special friendship and protection, they're given a tranquility to continue and continue and continue and to see the vision beyond the superficial nature of things. It's not always going to be easy to keep walking on your Islam, but you know what? It doesn't matter. You keep doing it anyway. You keep doing that which is good. Someone's rude to you, but you keep trying to be good. You do your part. And it doesn't have to be the easiest bit, but you know what? That's not, I'm not looking for life to be easy. I'm just looking to be good. I'm just looking at investing in my own self so that when I look in a mirror at every night, I know I did good today. I can list, well, what did I do? What did I send forth? This is what I did for me. 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 And you should be able to number a, a certain, a handful of things every night of how have you invested in yourself today. Otherwise, recognize that you are not giving yourself enough attention. And that is one of your biggest downfalls. And when you're doing your reflections and you're trying and you feel like you're not doing enough, don't worry. Allah is your wali. He's your protective friend. Try again tomorrow. Try again tonight. Before you sleep, repent and say, Allah, I didn't give myself time today. Help me be better to my own self tomorrow. And he'll have your back. Strive for him and be ambitious in your goals towards him. And don't let fear prevent you from doing good. There is nothing to fear. When Allah is your friend, when you've got that in your, on your back, why do you care? People invest in board, uh, bodyguards. You don't, you've got Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah number 7, surah al-A'raf, ayah 196, he says, 
My protector is Allah. He revealed the scripture, the Quran, and it is He who protects the righteous. Again, if Allah said it, it's true. It's how. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that recognize that I've got a friend in my back. I've got him right there and he's not going anywhere. He's never going to abandon me because that's not Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not abandon. He doesn't just leave just because we're not living up to our side of the friendship. He doesn't care. That's your character, not his. You can slip. You can forget him. He will never, ever, ever forget you. As long as you are here, he is right there with you. You keep turning to him. In Allah, you have a friend. A friend that will never go away. But how you want to use that friendship is upon you. Do you wish to strengthen it? Do you wish to make it better? Or do you just want it to be there and never make use of it? You can. You can never wail it in your life, but that's a sad way to live. When you know that someone will do everything to be there for you, why do you not go and return that with him? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to live that true friendship. May he forgive us for when we don't recognize that he is there. May Allah allow us to invest in our own selves. May we allow our own selves to invest in our own selves because we forget. We don't even remember that we're, we are important. Ya Allah, I spend too long looking about around everything else. I, I forget that you care about me. That in this world, when I lose a friend, when I lose a loved one, I think that this is it. I'm all alone. And I forget that I'm never alone. I was never, ever alone. And I couldn't be because I've got you. And I'm doing wrong by not taking care of myself. I'm doing wrong by not having hope. How could I not when you never left? Ya Allah, in these days of the Hajj, allow me to be able to invest in myself. Allow me to be better to myself. Allow me to truly invest in self-care. Because Allah, nobody else is going to do that for me. Allah, help me. Please be that wali that you've promised. Allow me to be of the inner circle. Allow me to be a companion, to be friends with those that are most dear to you. Grant me good friendship in this dunya so that, that I can be closer to you. Grant me the friendship and companionship of your best angels that will guide me and protect me from all harm. Oh Allah, I ask for your friendship, friendship that you have already promised. Allah, permit me to be a better friend too. I mean, I don't know. Is that a